Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. to this week's Man on the Post Extra Time. Um, uh, this isn't Chris. Uh, the, um, we've only got... We only support three football teams here, guys. What are we going to do? We're going to really struggle, I reckon. Yeah, how are we going to cover all the other teams? Right. Uh, th- uh, my name's Adam, um, as regularly seen on Man on the Post, and all, uh, I follow Wed Gorilla. Ryan is here with me. So, uh, how you doing, Ryan? Yeah, I'm not too... A fellow regular that missed out the first week of the season. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's fine. 50%, right? 50%. Yeah, exactly. I'm currently on 50%, so that's good enough for me. The cool kids were never the ones at school who got the perfect attendance attendance. So just exactly. get, it out, get it out of the way it's early. True. Yeah, exactly. And then just, just every week from now on, please. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and also, Scott, how you doing? I'm very well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Right, so... Uh, I was struggling a bit more on Wednesday when you're when you're confronted with the idea of watching Chelsea and Liverpool and they can't both lose a game. What's the best that can happen? I I don't know. So we had the um, the European Super Cup, a game that we I imagine we don't care about, Ryan. Right? It's just a glorified friendly, yeah. It's, it's definitely a glorified friendly. You know, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things that you know, unless you're in it. But then again, to be honest, I'm not too disheartened. I'm like, yeah, you know. It's who really cares? Let's be honest. There's bigger fish to fry. It might have been different, and Chris is probably, you know, if, if he was on, he'd probably saying it's the best, the best result in their history or anything like that. You're mentioning how many trophies they've won, better than United or whatever. You know, the standard Liverpool stuff, but whatever. Right. So, um, and and it was in. Uh, so a, a game played in Istanbul. Um, was it one one after one one after full time, two two after extra time, Liverpool one five four on penalties. So I imagine the Liverpool Echo could talk about how good the the standard of Liverpool's penalties were were again. That's... Something like that. And then there was also God, we love a penalty shootout in Istanbul. Well, give it a rest. <laughs> <laughs> you're boring. You're yeah, you're boring. <laughs> um, so we all watched the game, I think. Yeah, in some form or another. Highlights probably about twenty five minutes ago, half hour ago. <laughs> well, there you go. We all watched it in some form or another. I watched it live. I've actually got really into it as well. It wasn't just the fact that it was a sort of a good Chelsea game. It was it was a good game in general. I thought it was generally a good pace throughout uh, the whole thing. So, uh, as I said to you guys on on our group chat at halftime, it was very confused. Sort of, we, we everyone would, we supposedly come to the conclusion that. Chelsea had lost 4-0 on the opening game of the season and were going to be rubbish. And Liverpool had won 4-1 and were going to be great. And the the roles were completely reversed in that first half. Chelsea were... I think Chelsea played Liverpool off the park in the first 45 minutes. Um, could, have, could have... Could have... Well, they did score two. Had a goal, a goal from Christian Pulisic chalked off for offside, which was a correct, if not marginal, call. Yeah. Um, 
I thought that <coughs> I, I thought that uh, Liverpool were much were the much better side in the second half, and I thought my reading of the game was it was a game of of two strikers, right? Um, Olivier Giroud play started the game for, for Chelsea, and they looked like a completely different side to the one that that. Uh, at least the one that finished the game against Manchester United, they just they were clicking all over the place. And as soon as Firmino came on for for Liverpool at half time, they were just the, the attacking movement and their their um, the chances they were creating was all over the place. And the the, uh, the little touch for Mane to score so quickly after he came on just. I think at that point, Ryan, you'd almost gone for the nothing can go wrong for, wrong here, right? Yeah, I, but it was one of those things that, I, 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 you know, talking about the group chat, I'd said, right, if, as long as we don't concede a couple of goals early, we we should be okay. And then we concede within about a minute, which... 48 sort of minutes. Laugh, I was like, I yeah, let's not scored. go there again, please. Um, but yeah, you know, you, you're completely right about sort of you know, Giroud being the, the difference maker and I think Klopp had almost set himself up for a bit of a fall that first half because it, it almost seemed like Milner was playing left wing with Henderson almost going out it, like Henderson ended up ended up on the right wing three or four times putting balls into the box and then when that cross didn't actually result in anything we were able to take control of the midfield because they'd lost quite a lot of that sort of you know, ability to control that that game and Kante was was definitely Chelsea's best player. It shows how much we miss him whenever he's not playing because he was all over the park. He's just so full um, of running, isn't he? I he know, is, I know that we all know this about Angola Kante, but um, it, it's one of those things where even though you know he's so good at it, every time you see it, it's still just it's still so prominent in his displays. Yeah, and he, he's clearly been working on his dribbling as well. I think. In terms of not only is he just full of running, but when he picks up the ball, he's he's going past players, he's beating them. I mean, he did a delicious little nutmeg on Milner on, on the right hand side of the pitch, and he honestly, whenever he picked up the ball, they couldn't shake it off him. And I think that's something that he, he learnt a lot during off Sarri last year in that role that he had. Um, I think Frank's put him in that bit more defensively mindset, but he can launch us on the counter very very quickly because he's quick and he can play. Uh, with his feet, and he's yeah. I mean, he's just he's the all-round player, right? He's, he's he's very direct running with the ball, isn't he? I know the the um, he doesn't have the same same physical image, but when I'm talking, you're talking about French central midfield players running through the middle of the pitch. He he does sort of have a that drive of a of like a Patrick Vieira. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's where he's definitely improved most. I think in his game, he's. You know, scored a couple of goals in, in situations like that before with his direct running. And I think Liverpool were, were rattled that first half. I don't know if they were expecting something different. Obviously, think... we, we changed to a 4-3-3 instead of a 4-2-3-1, which gave us a bit more stability. But yeah, they they definitely seemed rattled. What what do you think, Scott? I, I thought, thought that um, it just shows how big a role that um, Roberto Firmino plays in that team. Oh, but yeah. he, he plays as... He plays as a. I, I don't even know if you would say he plays as a false nine or if he just plays as a, almost as a number ten straight away. And when he's not, when he wasn't there, you looked at that mid that midfield three of Milner, Fabinho, Henderson, and thought there's there's no creativity here. There's just just you're just relying on getting the ball up ball up to Mane and Salah and hoping that that something happens. Yeah, they Whereas, can create something themselves. 
as, as soon as Firmino comes in, he just causes just havoc amongst sort of in 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 the def, in it must be in defenders' mind that his movement is all over the place. It's do I go with him? Does a midfielder pick him up? And he just pulls opposition defenses around to the extent that that maybe players who are a bit more uh, mundane going forward are able to to look more dangerous and. Salah and Mane are able to get into far more more uh, threatening positions. Yeah, he's the type of player who likes to drop deep and then you have the two players in Salah and Mane who just like to feed feed off him and then he plays them in and then they just absolutely cause chaos down the flanks and he comes in afterwards and mops up. As you said uh, earlier, the, the work he did for the first goal was absolutely outstanding, just getting in front of Kepa and then pass it on to Mane, who I don't think has had a pre-season at all with Liverpool, just come back from a little bit of holiday and just finished it off calmly. Um, I think he is so crucial to that Liverpool side. He just helps starts off attacks, and um, when he's not there, it's just complete bedlam because there's no creativity in that midfield, as you said, because you've got Henderson, who... It's a bit of a shutter, and Milner is also a bit of a runner. And Fabinho is just your calm defensive midfielder who just likes to mop up. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. Ryan, what, some some thoughts on Christian Pulisic on his full debut? He looked good. I think he took the goal really well, and I think it's you know it's unfortunate that I guess it, it's good for a confidence level to be able to score. Um, yes, okay, the the flag went up. I think if the flag goes up in a sort of normal scenario where they raise it sort of fairly quickly, he doesn't get that opportunity to do that. But, I mean, he he obviously assisted Giroud for the first, and I think with a bit more sort of, you know, use to the Premier League, he'll he'll definitely be able to try and and at least fill the gap of Hazard. I don't think he's going to be able to hit those heights because when those are such big shoes to fill. But he's definitely got the, the aptitude... And the ability to do it, and he, it looks like he's, you know, starting to get along with some of the boys as well. Well, he's, um, he's, he's a little bit has to be remembered. He, he's he's twenty, right? Yeah, well, exactly. So we're talking thing, about like, three people here who are very familiar with Christian Pulisic from from the fact that he's probably been on everyone's football manager radar for three three years at least. Yeah. But he he is twenty. Yeah, and that's the scariest thing. I think you know if we can keep him around. Um, you know, for as long as possible, and okay, he's two games in. He's, he's definitely got so much potential to be able to. Uh, I think with Hazard going, I've become a that's... selling club that you're already thinking about selling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> two years down the line, we can't, we can't buy anyone, so we might as well. And um, I think it's interesting. I think the way that the squad's set up now, and I think that was the other thing about the game in the, the Super Cup last night, is that you know it was coming to the 60th minute, and Frank's first thought is not bring someone like Willian on, who's probably still carrying a bit of a knock. But he had some big experienced players, maybe Batshuayi on the bench, and he chose Mount and Abraham. I think that's how he then brought Tamori on as well, uh, which I thought was was a good decision. So Pulisic is definitely going to have the time in in the team to take that position and make that position his own. I I can't really see anyone unseating him anyway. Uh, Hudson-Odoi is not back for a a long time. So he's definitely going to have a good run run of games and Facing United, he was only on for a little bit, um, and a full game against Liverpool to start your Premier League career off is is a good way of getting into it at least. 
it'll be when he's you know plays Leicester or teams like that. They want to kick him a little bit. He'll soon learn the rest of the Premier League, but it's a good start at least. And, and what do you think? Do you think there's a chance that um, Chelsea will two one down in extra time? Frank Lampard maybe had a little moment to himself, looked and thought. Uh, the the guy who used to manage this club won a trophy last time. He said, "What what would what would he do in this situation?" I know. How about if I bring Barkley on for Kovacic? Kovacic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a very fair point. Barkley <laughs> came on with a good bit of energy as well. Actually, I think it's interesting because you, you look at Barkley since the start of pre-season. He, he had some very good moments last season. Don't get me wrong, but he's he seems like a very different player. So far, and again, that's so far based on some preseason games and and a couple of performances. I think having people like Mount in the team that Frank's obviously coming in and going, look, I want to give this guy as much of a chance as possible, has put maybe Ross Barkley on a bit of a back foot. And he's thinking, oh, someone could come in and take my place. I'm going to step it up. Um, And I think, you know, being given, he's got the number eight shirt that obviously Frank's looking at. And I think it's just all, all a perfect storm for Ross Barkley to really kick on now. And, and make a really good stab at you know staying in the team, uh, making some really big contributions. Yeah, and then just just because for completism, there was then a penalty shot that Liverpool won. We can gloss over that. That's not important. It's mm. not important. So um, <laughs> moving on to the to this week's Premier League action, where we start um, uh, the lunchtime kickoff on Saturday is um, Arsenal versus Burnley. So. That's Burnley fifth in the table, fifth versus seventh. What a thriller we've got in store here, guys. <laughs> um, Mesut Ozil and um, Seed Klasnach have been been cleared to play after the slight oddity of them being left out last week for further Secure. security concerns. Yeah. Um, well, other other news can I read to you here straight off the BBC Sport website? Um, Xhaka is a maybe. Kieran Tierney. Hector Bellerin, Rob Holding, and someone whose name I can't possibly pronounce her out. It's not like Arsenal to sign a player who couldn't play, right? Kieran Tierney already injured. <laughs> yeah, he was injured at Celtic when they signed yeah. him, I think. Uh, nothing ever bad has ever happened from Arsenal signing players already injured. Uh, Kim Calstrom very much comes to mind. <laughs> Broken Do you think David Luiz will make his debut, or is, is David Luiz... Yeah, he's not injured, I don't think. So. Not, men- not mentioned here. here. Ryan, not mentioned. Not even. He was on the bench. Comment. As I say, he was on the bench um, for their last one. So it'll be interesting to to see how that one pans out. Um, Danny Drinkwater will not be involved. So sad to there see. There you go, that. Chelsea, Chelsea legend Danny Drinkwater. Yeah, don't think he's much fit yet, is he? Uh, he I mean, he's got. As I say, he's got about fifty. You know, Hasn't, didn't he? Didn't I see something about him playing four games in eighteen yeah. months? For thirty-five million pounds. Yeah, I don't know what the problem is with that. To be fair, it sounds <laughs> it's just normal business, right? That's just normal Chelsea business. Yeah. Um, uh, Stephen Defort and Robbie Brady have returned to light training following calf and rib injuries. Um, what, what are we thinking here, guys? I, I can tell you that that uh, <clears throat> Loro's gone for a two-nil win for Arsenal at home. I mean, that's not a, a bold prediction, won't it? I mean, <laughs> is it just me or... Uh, Burnley are just like the most irrelevant team in the Premier League. I can't... Whenever we whenever we sort of go to talk about Burnley, there's just nothing I can say about them apart from Sean Bice's, like gravelly voice. <laughs> Hold on. I'm about to break a promise, but they said there wouldn't be stats. 
Sean Dyche has lost all eight of his previous Premier League games managed against Arsenal. Yeah, but have any of them, you know, ever been for some reason on the coast or on a rainy day? <laughs> where the sun, or on Saturday sun... lunchtime. Yeah, what yeah, if the sun were any of them tele- televised? Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, yeah. Arsenal are going to win, surely. I, I can't. I can't see past an Arsenal win. You know, early on in the season, I just can't see it. Um, do, well, do, you say that. Do, I'm sure that they'll, uh, it'll be their their, um, their opening home game, so they'll, they'll want to put on a, a performance for the fans. But should a team with as much attacking talent as Arsenal have perhaps put more than one goal past Newcastle on last weekend? <laughs> like, but... When we think of Burnley, we we think of difficult, hard to beat, hard to beat team. Maybe not against Arsenal according to this stat, but um, I I think it's very difficult to say that there's going to be anything other than a, than an Arsenal win. Um, let's have a look at any more interesting facts I could steal from here, guys. Come on, <laughs> Phil, <laughs> Phil. I mean, yeah, Scott. What, what do you sort of? I just think, I mean, it's, it's an Arsenal win, surely. I don't, yeah, I, don't. I think Arsenal will be too strong. About on Adam's point about Newcastle not scoring or having enough chance, Arsenal didn't pretty much give them that much chance after they scored, I thought. But I think they just pretty much one was enough in my eyes. Three points to three points. I've got a good stat to, to end, end it on. Arsenal are looking to begin a league campaign with their, with two straight wins for the first time since. Fancy a guess? Well, I feel like it's going to be a, you know at least a couple of years now, so I'm going to go with 2015. Scott. 08. 09. Oh, oh my god. 09. Oh, wow. Jesus. That's really shocking for a team. If- in the- Top six. They yeah. have Arsenal asked, asked have lost quite a lot of their first home games in recent times. I remember Villa beating them. Liverpool were beating them a couple of times. I think they love some sort of clown car performance, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> um, what else have we got? Right, talking talking of Aston Villa. Aston Villa with their uh, their opening home game um, to AFC. Bournemouth. Well, I don't know why I said the AFC. It's how it's written down. <laughs> I was um, thinking, he said AFC, and I was like, who on earth? Wimbledon. Who is AFC? Wimbledon. That's what I thought. I was like, what? Again, an, an eighth versus 14th clash. Maybe not not quite as exotic as we were getting served up on on uh, on TV earlier, but that's why this is a this is a four o'clock game, a uh, three o'clock game. That's why. Um, I don't know what to say about this. Honestly, it's just... Uh, so, uh, I mean, I had a bit of a stinker last week. I did this, I did the Super 6 thing on, on Skybet and I got yeah, zero no. points yeah. last weekend. So I've got no clue what's happening in the Premier League right now. I was just, you know, I was clearly focused on, yeah, we'll be fine against United. We'll be okay. I only focused on that. And then after that happened, I just didn't bother looking at the rest of the scores anyway for the rest of the weekend. But obviously Villa has spent a lot of money in the summer. They're, they're going to have a lot of sort of expectations, I guess, to, to sort of you know do well. Bournemouth are again; yes. they're a little bit like Burnley. Meh. <laughs> Meh. Meh. Just, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I guess I, I don't actually know. I can sort of see a draw, maybe. I, again, I don't. It'll be interesting to see where uh, their, their their performance against Tottenham was a, such an attempt at a smash and grab. It wasn't like 
And they, yeah, sure, they all won the lap. And when you look at the final score, that it, it looks like it was maybe comfortable for Tottenham. But they, they were they were able to fight, but they weren't able to offer an awful lot. The, the goals, the goals, and any chances they had were absolutely served up on a plate for them from from uh, Tottenham. In my, in my opinion, Scott's nodding. I like that. I mean, yeah, it's not yeah, a very good was, audio feature, but no, yeah, <laughs> no, the, the slide on ahead. I think they missed, they missed that Trezor game missed uh, when it was one 0 and they just they sat back and back, and then when Spurs brought on Ericsson, he completely changed the game, and then you can see when uh, Ndombele scored, Tyro Mings just looked absolutely out on his feet, and then they just they just crumbled at the end. So I think this is the you know the issue, isn't it? Really, with with promoted teams, they they don't really know how to handle a lot of the big games or or games against sort of bigger teams. So it sounds like they almost if they carried on with the way that they were playing after they scored the first goal, they could have probably kept Tottenham out. But it first sounds that they they sat back, and a lot of teams do that for some for some reason. They think okay, we've got a goal, let's sit back and protect it because we're the the underdog or we're the smaller team, so we need to protect it rather than playing the way that they have before and have succeeded doing so what, what what do we think of for for a result here again our our our, our, um, our north star Lawrenson has gone for a 2-1 aston villa victory i'll go 2-0 oh. villa 2-0 villa yeah. i'm gonna go for 1-1 one, one. One, one, one. for a draw yeah See, <coughs> this I, is why i, I get zero points i think this no i think this is a difficult game to call i think that uh, you think I always think of Bournemouth myself as a team that always start the season strong, um, which they clearly done with their their draw to open up things. So showing really, me, sharp. Sh- really showing me, aren't they? Um, <laughs> but um, I think that I think the the atmosphere at Villa Park is going to play a big part for them for them being back in the Premier League. So I reckon I reckon oh am I am I going to go with Scott or Lawrence? It's a difficult one. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Laura. I reckon two one is a is a good. Is you, a good you've gone with the beacon of knowledge there. Wow. You you try <laughs> arguing with that man. <laughs> so also at three o'clock we've got Brighton versus West Ham. Going back to my league table because it's important for us to know these things. This is definitely That's the time of the season. Brighton West fourth, and West Ham obviously bottom. Bottom. So, Absolutely humiliated by by by, by uh, Man City last weekend, and then Pep Guardiola had the audacity to call the display sloppy. So um, he loves it, don't he? It, he's <laughs> he just you know oh yeah we just won six now we must be really happy. No, I'm not happy. Should have been should have been, been seven. Should have been yeah. eight or nine. Yeah, five isn't enough. So, um, but a very impressive win against Watford. I don't think. A lot of people were were expecting. Again, Watford normally considered a team, at, uh, or and recent time, Watford have been a team that have started Premier League campaigns strongly, and there was not a lot of faith in in um, I can't remember his first name now. Gab Potter, what's his first name? Graham. Graham Potter. Um, the media seems to be quite down. I think as a whole on Brighton. I think that. I, I think they'll be okay, and uh, what do we think it's, of West Ham though? Because West Ham are supposed to uh, West Ham are seen 
do you say that your, your first games against Man City, that's a bar you're going to get back? Most teams are going to get battered against yeah. Man City. Or do we think, well, maybe, maybe you'd want to see a bit more desire and not maybe go down 5 0 on the opening game of the season? I, mean, I think it's difficult because, you know, I mean, when it, when it comes to sort of Chelsea later, it's like, you know, one game isn't going to define the season because, <laughs> uh, you know, losing 4 0 is not that different to losing 5 0. On the opening day, but I mean, did, that, did any other team lose four 0 on? <laughs> I didn't know. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't notice. I didn't notice. <laughs> uh, you know, I think it's difficult because Man City is such a, a powerhouse. Anyway, I think losing five 0 to them, I think at this point isn't actually, you know, it. It's not like you're going to turn around and go, well, that was unexpected. You know, Man City are, are, are a different class, and I think they'll continue to show that anyway. West Ham are a team that, in theory, you look at them on paper and they've got good enough players to do well and survive. They've got aspirations of, of breaking into the top six, if you talk to some of yeah. their fans. Yeah, I mean, deluded fans aside, <laughs> it's, it's difficult, isn't it? I, I think you, Brighton, obviously, with that opening win, is going to give them a lot of confidence as well. West Ham's confidence might be a bit lower, but I, I'd like to think that if you're a West Ham player after that result, you're not going to go into the dressing room and go, and our season's over, you know. We're getting relegated. Yeah, every game's like this. It's not going to be like that, you know, realistically. Every game's is not, not any other game, apart from maybe playing Man City again, is going to be like that. <laughs> maybe so, maybe yeah. Man City away might be difficult. Because yeah. Man City at home didn't go too great. That could be doubled. <laughs> yeah. That'd still well, be sloppy, according to Pat. Yeah, still, yeah. I think it's difficult to use that first game as, as a determining factor, but it, it's only been an interesting one. I think, again, this is going to be a, a well-contested game. West Ham will want to pick up you know, f- from where they were and, and improve, and Brighton will want to continue and, and continue to surprise people. I was certainly surprised uh, by them beating Watford, so it's, yeah, it's definitely a, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, um, again, Loro's gone for a 1-1 draw. Uh, I'm going to go for West Ham actually I think West Ham will, will fight back and, and get a win against Brighton I'm going to go 2-1 I might have to go with Lauro Lauro go. I, th- I think I'm going to go for the we're going to go for the full house then. I reckon I reckon Brighton are going to win this um, <laughs> I'm going to go for a, a 2-0 win for Brighton do you think the change of tactics has helped because um they were quite negative last season, and they look like a bit more proactive this season so far. I know it's only one game, but yeah, we've got our, our sample size of ninety minutes is, yeah. is telling us that that um, they're they're proactive, and they seem to be making more uh, proactive. Potter seems to be making more proactive changes, um, which <coughs> it it kind of maybe they're at, they're at a slightly different point, but it, it reminds me a little bit. And this this ended in failure, so maybe this isn't a great analogy. Of um, after David Moyes left Everton and we brought in Roberto Martinez, that um, he, Martinez never hit the heights of Moyes. He didn't finish finish fourth and get us, get us in the Champions League. But even uh, even though we were sometimes terrible, we played much better football under him, and he tried to win so many more games than David Moyes ever tried to win. And if you're Brighton, right? What's the point of existing other than to try and win as many games and try and survive I think you've either got two you've either got two mentalities there right where you either go sort of like 
Stoke-esque and you have to fully buy into it and be like, yeah, we're going to be a bit sort of like, we're going to be scrappy and no one's going to like to come here and we're going to be difficult. And Or you try and be, you try and play good football and take something away from it. Otherwise, otherwise life just, just playing, being a Watford fan must be dire, right? <laughs> just just surviving I mean, for nothing. Yeah, I think that's, it, you know, speaking to a few guys at, at my work that are sort of supporting like Sheffield United and a couple of the promoted teams and some of the people that said on the the preview podcast is, you know, I'd rather go down relegated but playing the football that we're known for. So go down than, go down swinging then. Yeah, yes, yeah, much. and then, then getting promoted and, you know, um, and just sitting back and doing a Stoke or not even doing a Stoke, but because at least, yeah, Stoke's, you know, at least they have an identity, had an identity, yeah. right? Yeah, they had the you know long throws and stuff like that. <laughs> Some teams just come into it and go, "Oh, I'm going to sit back and hope that I get a couple of draws. Maybe I get one win against top him. six. Yeah, someone in the top six or someone like that, and, and I'm happy with the season. That's that. I think that's changed. That mentality has definitely changed now. Well, uh, I, I I think there's ex- there's exciting times to come and. Uh, at, well, relatively exciting times to come from Brighton because I, I've struggled to find anyone to, who has a bad word to say about Graham Potter, which is why I'm so surprised about the negativity around him in the media in general because this is a man who's achieved great things with tiny squads, um, players of absolute no-name players and held together Swansea when everyone around him was being sold and shipped off why then in that case he he clearly is someone who is able to get the best out of a group of players and get them to overperform as a collective then why are people so worried about a perceived lack of talent in this Brighton team just one man's opinion just one man's opinion talking about talking about how dire it is to be a Watford fan also at three o'clock on Saturday, we have got Everton versus Watford, uh, Everton's first game at home after our predictable and customary nil-nil draw at Selhurst Park every year. Um, Are you confident? Uh, Watford lost to Brighton, right? They're rubbish. Yeah. Everyone's <laughs> telling me they're, they're rubbish. They've really just chalked down Watford this whole time. It's like, it's like you don't know how this karma thing works. Cause then, <laughs> you know, they're going to they're gonna walk into your place. Everyone's really tear you up what was it what was, what is it um chris would want me to say now nothing could possibly go wrong go wrong, nothing could yeah. go wrong now. stick your chest out yeah i i'm i'm perfectly fine with with um <coughs> with Everton, Everton's chances against watford um again i think that there are there are when you've got certain more Maybe this. Maybe I'm glamorising this in, in my mind a little bit, but mm. certain more historic uh, fan bases and and especially stadia, perhaps the the idea of that sort of that home opening game ha- has a little bit extra going for it, which is why I think the Villa one is going to be amped up even more because it's their first game back in the Premier League after what is it three, two, three years, something like that. And I think the same is true for for Goodison. So I'm glad that we don't have. A Man City or um, uh, Arsenal or someone who would normally come and just piss all over our chips. Um, 
and I think that that uh, expectations are high. I think that we, we were quite down on uh, on the the Palace result because people people really were buzzing after after the summer that Everton had. Loro's gone for a two 0 home win for Everton. Considering we can't score goals, that seems a little bit bold. But what what uh, what's the opinions of the group, Scott? What are you going for? I think you might see Mo- Moise King. I I did tweet out. I said I reckon he'll score 15 Premier League goals this season because I think the potential is there. He had a really good end of the season with Juventus, and then until what happened, and then he didn't get the the players and the coaches back in. But I think Everton might might be a bit too strong for Ward. I think Watford might be on a bit of a, a downer after last week, and I think Everton might be a bit too strong. Ryan. That's a little bit difficult, and I think you know Scotty makes a very. You know, I think it's that's all good sound logic. Uh, so I, I think it, Everton will win, but I think. But you're going with a calmer argument because I've said too many <laughs> bad things. <so. laughs> it's, I think it's more. I think it's probably going to be a two-one. Actually, I think that Watford will nick a goal. Uh, I think you'll, but I think you probably will be a bit too strong for if them. If Delafeo does it, will... it, I'm going to be so upset. <laughs> that might be the calmer. <laughs> there it yeah. is. Full on. Yeah, calmer. I think. I think you'll. I, I can almost imagine like one all at 80, 80 minutes, and then someone wins it for you on sort of eighty five minutes or something like that. But I think you will win. Well, I, I'd be interested to see if we see um, if we see Moise King from the start as he came off the bench against um, against Palace. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if we don't though. I think that there's going to be a lot of faith shown in in Dominic Calvert Lewin. Um, it won't take long for that to run out because he's not good enough. So, I was going to say, at what, what point? Yeah, I mean, I guess at what point does it do you, do you have to almost say, all right? I think this is something that Chelsea will probably have a problem with this season as well. Is that you know how much time do I give my young, experienced player, my young, inexperienced players when I've got people on the bench that that have played in the league or you know are more experienced from wherever in the world. The difference with Moise Keane is right is that Moise Keane isn't more experienced than Calvert Lewin. I, I imagine Calvert Lewin's probably played more games than him. Um, probably scored about the same amount of goals from all those extra games he's played, but still. Um, but there is a certain expectation that comes with one. Well, there's a lot of hype anyway, right? But there's also yeah. pri- price tags. Um, yes. After Everton have paid, what was it, thirty-five million? I can't remember what it was in the end. Maybe it was less than that. Um, still, in terms of in terms of Everton money, our record signing is fifty million pounds. So that's a good chunk towards the way of of a lot of money. So yeah. Calvert-Lewin was free; it's easy to sit him down on the bench or shift him out wide. Um, I don't think we'll be far away from from seeing him from the start. So it'd be interesting to see. Him. I think the big un, un, I'm going to tackle the big question that doesn't that goes unspoken about in the whole of Football, right? Watford. What is, what's their nickname? Hornets. Hornets. What's on their badge? I, I don't have enough experience with Watford's badge to be able to tell you. It's a stag. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. So, But, I mean, yeah. I guess the stag is a bit of a crappy nickname, though, isn't it, I guess? Yeah, but then have a hornet on your badge. <laughs> I was going to say, what came? I assume the badge came first, right? I imagine so. I imagine they're the Hornets because they play in yellow and black. 
Yeah, I'm gonna. I mean, why would you? If you, you're not gonna be the Hornets because they're horrible. Why would you be like the bees. <laughs> that's Brentford. You can't be the bees because Brentford isn't that far uh, away. Uh, yeah. yeah, Stags is Mansfield. That's their nickname. And uh, well, AFC Totten, but we're talking about lower league football now. <laughs> Very lower <laughs> league football. Right. Um, oh, I forgot to. I forgot the important information about the um, the Everton game. E- Everton, obviously, 11th from the table, Watford 18th. So Watford really need to get themselves out of that, that <laughs> relegation zone because that is they're, otherwise they're sinking without a trace, just being propped up by West Ham and Chelsea. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry, Ryan. It's, I can't change the facts, right? You can't. No, you know we are we're in a relegation fight. We've got to accept it. <laughs> right. So. Um, this game, maybe... Uh, do, do we reckon the upcoming fixture, New, Norwich City versus Newcastle United... That's Chris, Chris never goes with the full that's... names, does he? Never goes with the full names. It's not as good. Mm. So, Norwich 16th, zero points. Newcastle 14th, zero points. So, goal difference, a big factor. Who knew? Who knew? Um... I was about to say, do we think this is going to be the last one match of the day? Because we yes. got absolutely yes. schooled last week by some guy on Twitter who taught us that if there's a game on Friday, it's always going to be last on match of the day. So now yeah, we that's know. That's not the point, is it? It's, it's the tradition that you have to go through the fixtures and say what's on the last match of the day. Well, right? if, if you were on last week, rubbish. Ryan, you'd have learned that we turned it into a full-on game. But you clearly neither were on nor listened. So uh, this is going excellent. Yeah, so now, now, now it's really awkward. Now that's it. Oh, look at the, the podcast over, everyone. <laughs> so there was, there is no Friday game. Do we think Norwich versus Newcastle United, is it last on match of the day or does a newly promoted team having their first home game have enough prestige to pull it above perhaps? Well, if there's nothing goes on in that Brighton game. If Everton are rubbish again. No, I think I, I think it's last time yeah. of the day. No, no, just, and evidently Adam, who was tweeted us, is actually evidently a Norwich fan. Ah, so he probably wants to be last time of the day now, yeah. doesn't he? That's what you get for being so smart, Adam. <laughs> Adam, no definitely. one likes a know-it-all. <laughs> I thought you were going to say no one likes an Adam. Like that. <laughs> also true. Yeah. Also true. Um, Laura reckons that Newcastle are going to get something here. Steve Bruce is going to get his first his first result for Newcastle. Um, I just love that statement. I just want to. I almost want to loop that and just send that to Dave all the time. Just like <laughs> Steve Bruce's first Newcastle points or something like that. And they just, especially if they don't pick up any points, I just you want you want to just keep that on a loop all season long, just until he finally gets the points. So, so do we think that this is? Um, in what is almost in my mind a, a quintessential um, Norwich in the Premier League team, which is a team that can't defend, or is this a team that just came up against a much like West Ham came up against Liverpool in the opening game of the season and were always going to concede four goals, whether that game was first game of the season or in January? Bit of both. Grant Hanley was the centre back and he had a bit of a shocker, and he's a crap defender. Okay, well, Arsenal aside, crap defenders don't normally do a yes. very good job in the in the Premier League. So you normally need a little bit more than that. Yeah, 
I think they were just a bit too naive against Liverpool. They did have the chances, but Liverpool were just very clinical and, and took them to task. I think you might just see a different Norwich at home. I mean, they've at least got the confidence that they scored a goal, right? So, yeah, that's, that's uh, so... <laughs> And he's, so damning with that uh, praise. Well done. You scored one. Scored. They won the yeah, second half. Yeah, it's pretty much primary score. <laughs> they won the second half. Okay. Uh, I saw a few people tweet that and they do have... And Timo Puku scored was pretty much the informed strike of the championship. Just Top goal scorer in the championship last Top goal season. scorer, yeah. Um, How's that, Chris? Another stat? One you didn't yeah. expect me to bring up? Uh, I think he scored with 29, his first... 29 league yeah, goals in the 29. championship last season, I'll have you know. It's like I'm reading this, but I'm actually not. <laughs> yeah. I'm genuinely not reading this. It's That's like... the strangest thing. I think I saw or may have heard that he scored with his first shot and goal on, uh, in each of the last eight seasons on the opening day of the season. That's a great stat. Yeah. That is a great stat. I don't even care if it's true. <laughs> As long as it sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Also, seahorses on the Newcastle crest and magpies is an interesting one as well, but I'm not going to get into all... I can't get into all of them. It's good this, this, is, this, is, this is a new podcast idea. Now. Every <laughs> week, you just go... That's tw- you've got 20 weeks worth of... You know, you can just say, right, this is what's on the badge. <laughs> and then you go through the colours as well. Why did you have to say it in that voice that made it sound like it was like a really nerdy thing to to do your own? That was unnecessary. No idea. It feels like, no you're, idea. It feels just, like you're already passing comment on the quality of that said podcast without it even being recorded yet. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> So we've already put it as last on match of the day. So they, we, what are we saying? No goals. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go nil 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 draw. Uh, all right, I'm going to go Newcastle one nil. I'll go Norwich late winner one nil. We're just all over the place, isn't it? Yes, we, we are. Podcast, so we are. Just, it's almost like those people that go to the betting shop and think, oh, I don't want to lose, so I'll just bet on everything. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, my wife and I have been watching, catching up on um, re-watching Parks and Rec and there's a line in that where to, 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 anyone who's watching it, Tom Hanford goes, when I, bet, when I bet, I always, when I bet on horses, I bet on all the horses. <laughs> I've been watching Parks and Rec as well and I actually watched that the other day. <laughs> right, so um, the final three o'clock game on Saturday is Southampton versus Liverpool. So... Um, Southampton took a bit of a beating. Um, Liverpool obviously slayed Norwich. Were they going to be leggy after a, a midweek performance, perhaps? Liverpool f- flying high in. Where are they? Third in the table. Southampton just above Watford. So we. This is a an end to end clash. This is guys. I think Liverpool will be very very tired. I think that's definitely going to be play a big factor. It was a strong team, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think this is where the Premier League shows its sort of oh, ineptitude. I don't know it's just the, the way that obviously all the other leagues are set up is is to benefit. It seems to benefit teams that are playing in Europe or anything like that. And the Premier League just don't really seem to care. It's a case of you know you are you are representing us in Europe as a, as a division, but you know what? Don't really care. We need you to play on a Saturday at five True. o'clock after you've been. In three o'clock, not even, not even five o'clock, right? Not oh, even three five, o'clock, sorry, three yeah, o'clock. Yeah. 
you know. And I mean, it is a glorified friendly, to be fair. It is a glorified friendly, but I guess that's the point. Is and it was, uh, uh, you know, but a lot of the other leagues haven't started yet, so. And also, to be fair to the Premier League, I wouldn't be surprised if the organised Premier League probably announces the start of the season, the date the fixtures will be before the Champions League and Europa League finals are played. So they don't even know whether the teams are going to be in it. Whereas Spain probably haven't decided whether they're going to turn up this weekend yet or not. (laughs) And it's Thursday. I guess that is the question, though, isn't that where the Premier League are letting people like Sky Sports and that change the days of the games uh, to obviously so Liverpool played on Friday night was that was that because it was on TV would it have, I assume there would have always been a Friday night game no I don't think so surely... I think it's probably that's a TV thing that's been a, yeah. a Friday night opening game for the fixtures a new a relatively new thing I think yeah. I think so they I had it last season is, yeah but... they've done it a couple of years yeah I think that's the thing is, you know, other TV companies coming in, other Premier League thinking about the, the clubs. And, and I think Liverpool fans will, rightly or wrongly, whether... Wrongly. You know, yeah, wrongly. Uh, if, if they do lose at the weekend, they, they will blame the fact that they... They won a trophy in Istanbul. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that'll teach them. Yeah. I mean, do you want to say this again? If you were a manager of that team, you should be able to play different players to... Which they didn't do. They put out a very strong team. Both, both managers put out very, very strong teams. So it wasn't like, okay, we'll both, or one of us are going to put out the reserves because it is a glorified friendly or whatever. Uh, it's, well, so it's just very bizarre. So live, live, that could cost Liverpool this weekend. I don't think it necessarily will, but you never know. We also have to to remember that um, this is a, a this is a Liverpool team without Allison. What that's going to play a big part in. in well, I think he's been ruled out for at least four weeks. I think. Yeah, BT Sport were trying to would insinuating that it could actually even be longer. Yeah, uh, based on and Jermaine Genius tried to Jermaine Genius tried to claim though that it wasn't a problem in commentary because they went. Oh, uh, the commentator was like, "Wow, well, it's going to affect their their ability to play the ball out from the back because." Adrian is nowhere near the player as uh, Allison is with the ball at his yeah. feet, and then Jermaine Genius went, "Wow." Essentially, I'm going to paraphrase now. Essentially, he went, well, I've seen Alison fuck it up loads of times anyway, so what's the matter? Yeah, do, I mean, I don't want to talk too much about how much I hate Jermaine Genus because I'd he's be just a, wrong, um, but... When he's commentating, he's just a, um, a cliche-driven soundboard, I think, less than a commentator. Yeah, I mean, he, he spent some of it saying about how people like Fabinho and Jorginho shouldn't be getting cramped because they're just at the base of the midfield and they don't have to run around as much as some of the other players. And I'm just like, I that's... immediately would have searched for any any anything to do with Jermaine Jones getting cramped immediately. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you explain? What do you say about this one then, Jermaine, or something like that? I, it always infuriates me when anyone talks about like footballers getting cramped in extra time, but like they don't realise that their athletes tuned to do to um, perform. For 90 minutes, not 120 minutes, and no one. Oh, well, they're, they're professionals. They should just run all day. They should be able to run all day. <laughs> that was uh, the impression of my stepdad. If anyone was <laughs> aspects, it's loosely based on, loosely based on. Um, so, so a game of St Mary's, a tired Liverpool. Are Southampton going to cause a surprise? I can't even see Lawrence's prediction yet, and I'm going to tell you no. 
There's no, no he's way. He's, he's back Liverpool hands down, hasn't he? 2-0. 2-0. You'll be surprised yeah, yeah. to know. I mean, Liverpool are playing their feeder club, so isn't there some sort of like contractual thing where, you know, well, we can't, you know, we can't so, lose to our feeder club or anything so, like that. Well, oh, what? So, is, I thought you were going to say that maybe like Van Dijk and uh, and Lovren and Lallana just weren't allowed to, and Alex Oxlade yeah. Chamberlain just weren't allowed to play in this game. That'd be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> that, like, Sorry, Virgil, you can't play. Why? Because you used to play for Southampton. So. <laughs> Robbie really? Keane's career would have got better and better as time go on. Yeah. Just less and less games. It would have lasted loads more years. Um, it, it's difficult to I mean, see Liverpool beyond the Liverpool win, victory, surely. right? I'm going Liverpool 2-1. 2-1. I'm going to go one 0 I think they'll be a bit more reserved, but they'll still win anyway. I I, I like that run. I think there's going to this could be a leggy performance from from. I could, from I could almost see them getting an early goal and then just sitting Super. back and just just almost you know letting the game. I'm really surprised by, by. I'm really surprised by how strong a team you put up because you've got Salah and Mane who are already like going to be tired. Tired guys, right? These been played in the Afcon. Like this isn't this isn't ideal, right? And they're your key men. Yeah, and especially because he didn't take either of them off really until you know deep into extra time as well. You, you would have didn't Salah uh, take a penalty as well in the shootout, so he played the full. Yeah, yeah. I think he played the full one, didn't he? It was just just Mane who came off, right? I think. Yeah. Well, I, I'm going to go with a reluctant Liverpool victory, which upsets me, but. I do think that um, I think there's a potential for a shock there. I think there's a potential for Liverpool to absolutely stink the joint up again. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing. You, you look at their results and they're looking. I mean, results, one result again against Norwich, but it could have been so much different if if Norwich had you know taken a couple of chances or you know their own goal and going in. And that's the thing. A lot of games are always like that, of course, but. Defensively, I don't know. Liverpool haven't looked as strong as they potentially looked last season. I don't know what's what's potentially changed there, but you know they, they definitely have the potential to be rattled quite early and you know put themselves in a bad position. Uh, I, I'm I'm really intrigued by like, like as I mentioned earlier the Allison factor and to see sort of like I think that the two the two pillars that this. Um, uh, defensive solidity that Liverpool have had over the last 18, 12 to 18 months have been built on, have been on Van Dijk and then on Alisson and we're about to remove one of those and we'll see how it goes. Maybe they've maybe they've traded up in, in Adrian and they can can just get, get by but there's a chance. His distribution wasn't great last night in all fairness. He did make quite a few bad bad clearances. Are, and... you, are you saying you disagree with Jermaine Genus and this is going to affect them beyond... Yeah, because I think Jermaine, you know, he's, well, I mean, I know Alisson has made the odd mistake, Jermaine, but he's, he's, he's unreal with his, he's just, he's great with his feet. I don't understand how someone can have that opinion. It's difficult, isn't it? It's difficult to know how someone can possibly have that stupid an opinion. But anyway, so moving on to the the game that's definitely not going to be last on match of the day, the, the five better kickoff, which is uh, top of the table Man City against sixth place Tottenham. Uh, someone's going to lose their O guys or they're both going to no that doesn't work because you can have a draw 
<laughs> yeah, but I guess a draw is not damaging by any stretch, but it's it puts both teams in a bit of a weird space. Obviously, especially early on in the season, you want a big confidence boost and beating one of your potential title rivals really early on, I think, is a big thing. And if Tottenham need... I guess it's that thing of Tottenham need to almost prove themselves that they can sustain quality and whatever. And I think, actually, if, if they get a win against Man City, their season could turn in a completely different direction because suddenly you know things should seem a little bit closer in terms of their challenge. Um, obviously, if Man City come out and actually just decimate them, then we know nothing's changed at Tottenham and they're just going to talk about that one season they came really close uh, but I think that's the question now is if Tottenham can actually pick up a result and Harry Kane's scoring in August so two seasons running now and he's got yeah. a good and he's got I'm going to put it out there I quite like his new haircut he's mixed it up a little bit he's looking good just opens his mouth and he ruins everything but yeah slightly, <laughs> slightly jealous of the haircut being a bolding <laughs> <laughs> I so that's a bit of a sensitive subject. Right? <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. So, forgive fine. me, Scott. Forgive me. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I I'm looking forward to this. Game. I'm looking forward to this game a lot, and I always, I think that um, over the sort of the period that uh, Guardiola has been in in England, especially sort of the the last two years when they've been sort of his Man City as opposed to the uh, sort of the transition team that he, he had um, that the games against Tottenham and Pochettino have been the most interesting because you've, that's I think that they're possibly two of the most uh, tactical thinkers and um, uh, the most tactically astute managers in the Premier League I think that everyone builds up the uh, the the Guardiola versus Klopp games, and you've because you can you also can f- look back on the the Dortmund and Bayern times. But essentially, this isn't a a a, um, a slight on Klopp. I think that Klopp is very much one of those ones where he's like, I, we're just going to execute what we do the best way we possibly can. I, he's not really one who thinks about the opposition and as much. And I think he does his thing and. Makes other, tries to make other teams worry about what they're going to do, and most of the time, uh, Guardiola overthinks it and does something weird. Uh, there's a chance he could do this today. I, I'm not sure whether Pochettino maybe has his number. Not in, not in terms game. of performances, but no. I think the Champions League game in April proved that them two are very astute at what they did with Liverpool and Klopp. He wants to be 3-4-0 up at half-time and the game is dead. And he's got I nothing mean, to I mean, surely, if, if yeah. all managers don't want to be 3 or 4 nil up at half-time, they've got something <laughs> wrong, right? <laughs> yeah, true. He, he wants to play this gung-ho attacking football and if he's not 3 nil up at 35 to, to half-time, he's, he's a little bit worried where Poch and Guardiola are thinkers and they like they're a bit more tactical with their substitutions and stuff like that and the style that they play because Pochettino can even switch from a three to a four at the back. He can go four four. He does two. it all the time. Yeah. I remember to, uh, last season when I was watching them at the very beginning of last season, they're playing played a game when they switched uh, between three and four at the back four or five times in a half. 
where you just I was watching in I was in Wembley when and you high up so you could see the team shape and all of a sudden you'd be like oh they're, they've gone to a back three now oh gone four to again four. oh three again um, so they're always going to be be causing each other problems and giving themselves things to think about um, I suppose the thing is do we take Tottenham's performance in their opening game and say that was a a rusty Tottenham who showed some character, got the job done, did what they needed to do, or do we say, oh, that was a bit of a wobble? Are they are they going to be sort of at the level they need to be to play Man City at at the Etihad? Because Man City look like just Man City, what must three point oh now? They just got they've gone and got they've gone and got Rodri. He just looks like. Looks like um, Guardiola grew him in a lab to play in his team. <laughs> and got Cancelo. Yep, who probably won't play in this game still. No. Like, just... The, the team The team lineup is, is pretty ridiculous, really, isn't it? I think when you think who they've got and then who they've got on the bench, it's something that Jose said during the uh, Man United-Chelsea pre-game. He serves... You know, if, if they could pick a top four now, Man City would be first. Man City's B team would be fourth because they've got such quality on the bench and, and in and around that team. And obviously, it's a bit of a flippant comment. That almost sounds like he's trying to say that it, I wasn't given enough money when I was Manchester United manager <laughs> that I wouldn't have even been able to beat their B team because they have spent so much money on yeah, establishing it, these it, stars. Yeah, it's one of those weird comments, but he's sort of right that Man City... Uh, Yes, they're a buying club, but they've they've bought the right players. You know, Guardiola knows where his weak points are, or where he needs more depth, and he goes out and he gets those players. When you when you're able to spend like a hundred million on fullbacks, you know that fullbacks are a very important part of his game, and those are his weak weak points. So, uh, you know, it's definitely something that they've done the right way, and they're, they're just going to be unstoppable again this season. So, I, I don't think Tottenham are going to. Master much to be honest against City. I think City are just too good. Laura's gone two one. By the way, he thinks it's going to be a lot tighter than you do. I don't. I think it will probably be tight. I think it will be an interesting tactical game. But Man City, I think if they get one or two, I think Tottenham, as always, I think their heads will drop a little bit. I think they'll struggle to get back into it. Could turn out like the game it did. What was it four years ago? Where didn't Aguero get five? So if, if City start off strong, it could turn out. That'd be good way. for my fantasy team, actually. I mean, and Aguero Martin. could also be on the bench again. And... Yeah. yeah, which is a real bummer. That wasn't a good situation last week for plenty of people who had him in as, as a captain in his dream yes. team. Well, he came on and scored a goal, right? What more do you want? Him to start and score a hat trick. Okay, greedy. <laughs> that would be better, yes. <laughs> greedy. Right. Um, so that, that's the end, end for... Uh, I, I recommend City will win the game, by the way. But um, I think, I'm gonna go. I, I think one uh, one nil. I reckon Man City win one nil. An intriguing tactical battle. Yeah, I think, I'll, I think it'll be a good game. Yeah, um, and we all agree, so it's going to be rubbish. But if I'm telling, <laughs> so we'll all, so karma is taking us all down. Yeah. Um, I found the game that will be last on match of the day on Sunday, if such a thing existed. Um, the two o'clock game, Sheffield United versus Crystal Palace. Yeah. Um, I wonder if Crystal Palace, if um, Billy Sharp will be able to score the second of his five Premier League goals this season against Palace. 
<laughs> Probably. Um, and will Palace be able to do anything interesting at all? No. No. Um, we'll probably be able to see a full strength Crystal Palace because their their whole team will be able to start with Wilfred Zaha instead of being on the bench. So um, he was left out because we got in their heads. It still didn't help. <laughs> still didn't help. He could still leave if he wants to go abroad. He's not going to leave. No, I think at this point it's you know there was a lot of rumours, weren't there? He's going to be a Chelsea the preview, player. But yeah, I think that was it. It was it was almost like he's almost been told wait because we know we're going to get a massive offer in next, next summer. I think yeah. I think he wanted to join. I think he wanted to join Everton. Oh yeah, I think, I think he definitely it, yeah. did. And I think it everything was just left too late that Palace couldn't. Uh, we played hardball over the fee for too long, and then when we eventually agreed it, Palace couldn't realised they couldn't do anything with it. Couldn't get yeah. the replacement they wanted in, so pulled the deal. Um, I'm not sure if this game is on TV. I'm out, so I won't be able to watch it. I think it's on Sky Sports. It looks oh, it's like... not. No, it's not. It's uh, Liverpool. Not Liverpool. Uh, Leicester. Chelsea. Chelsea. That's, that's four, yeah. No, that's a four o'clock. So there could be a two o'clock and a four o'clock game. Let's have a look. As I say, the Premier League app is is the hero in these situations. I reckon it's going to be on. I reckon it's going to be on TV. So yeah, Super Sky Sunday. Sport. We might be yeah. able to say so people will be able to get their first sort of ninety minutes of Chris Wilder and his inverted overlapping in inside centre backs. Or according to Danny Mills, they play. Or the long ball football that Danny Mills is going to see. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Lump up to the target man, aka Billy Sharp. It's difficult because I'm talking up their abilities, but I've already slagged off Billy Sharp to Chris, and I'm going to maintain that for all season. So, You're going to have to now. I think that's, yeah, you I just backed yourself into that corner. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. That's fine. I'm happy to. You live by the sword, you die by the sword, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come out swinging. Um, what do we expect? And this is going to be another t- another team where the atmosphere at Bramall Lane could be absolutely pumping because Sheffield United have um, been even been outside the Premier League for even longer. Um, fans have had it harder. They, Villa never had to experience League One football, so never had that indignity. Sorry, Scott. It's just it's two in a row now after the... That's right. Wait till Harry Kane's hair and slagging yeah. up League One football. <laughs> Wait till they get to League Two football. It's not even nicer down there either. Well, that's the... Yeah, that's why I was... That's why I'm sorry, because if I'm slagging off League <laughs> One football, imagine what I'm going to say about that. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I mean, uh, it, this is this is a perfect game, though, isn't it? Out of years, ninth versus tenth. Oh, I forgot about that. This is this is you know, a, so it's going to be a close battle. This, this is, is a six pointer. This is a six pointer. <laughs> yeah. Is this the first six pointer of the season? Yeah. <laughs> it could well be. It could well Who be. Who gets above tenth? I think I, I, I'm going to just go for a boring zero. Uh, zero is it? Nil nil draw. Just, just two points of order. The, Chris, the um, Crystal Palace badge has an eagle on it. They're called the Eagles. Excellent. The Sheffield United <laughs> badge has two swords on it. They're called the Blades. No complaints. Absolutely zero complaints with any of that. Well done, Crystal Palace and Sheffield United. Finally. Um, I'm going to be an old romantic and go with the same logic for my Villa win that I think Sheffield United will get a result here. I'm going to go 2-0 because Crystal Palace can't score goals unless they get a penalty. Yeah, because yeah, Milovojevic does not miss. No. Like he does. 
And everyone seems to think that they're going to get loads of penalties because of Wilfred Zaha's... I can Ability call it diving to... now because he's not going to be an Everton player. <laughs> yeah. Earlier on, I changed it to falling over. <laughs> it's all about optics, guys. It's all about optics. Um, yeah, but what are we going with? Sorry, I don't, I don't know if I missed you guys' predictions there. I think I'm going. I'm going with you. I think Sheffield United will win because I think it's their first home game in the Premier League since '07. Okay, yeah. And Ryan, you went nil. You reckon it's going to be nil nil? Was that? Yeah. Okay. That seems... It will be the way that Sky Sports will be the Super Sunday. Thing Super Sunday. Well, so super. does that mean that the the fourth? Why have they changed it to four thirty? It just makes it that a little bit too late every time now. Does it makes mean, me cooking dinner really awkward. It does, doesn't it? Just there. the timings are all just that little bit off. Does, does that mean Chelsea versus Leicester City is going to do the heavy lifting on Sunday? Yeah, it's going to be a yes. bit of a banger, actually. I reckon. You reckon? Yeah, I think we're we're, we're you know Brendan back on his old win. back back to prove a point on his old stomping ground. <laughs> I think you know we need to prove. I think Frank's going to be very eager to prove a point. Home, first home game, I think. You know, extra uh, extra days rest compared to the Liverpool game, so maybe a few less we, tired legs. A few less tired, but I think he, he did. Maybe a few more changes anyway. as well. Yeah, I maybe maybe he, Barkley will start, but go back to starting something closer to the the United lineup. Maybe with Kante, maybe with Giroud. Yeah, I think Kante will start. I think Giroud will probably start as a result. Um, I think I think it's going to be a really good game actually. I think yeah, I think the atmosphere. I know it's the Stamford Bridge show up for ap- any, any atmosphere is better than normal. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I feel like that's, you know, I think with Frank's first home game, I think it's going to be a really good atmosphere. Uh, we we need to prove a point, get that first win, just so we, we're not having to do this every week where it's like, oh, Chelsea haven't got their first win under Frank Lampard or anything like that. Leicester are a good team. Uh, they'll give us a good game. I think we'll be we'll be just about all right, uh, but I think we need a nice, confident, strong win just to set ourselves up for the next few weeks. Stick your chest out, Ryan. Can <laughs> <laughs> go wrong now? But I think Leicester are a really good team, and I think that Same. Brendan Rodgers is a really good coach, and I think that there's a chance that uh, Frank Lampard is about to get absolutely tactically embarrassed by him. I mean, this is still Brendan Rodgers after all. He's a good coach, but, you know, his time at Liverpool it didn't exactly shine that bright, apart from that one season. That apart from that one season where about. he got our average team to nearly win the Premier League. Yeah, nearly yeah. though. Let's, let's yeah. just make that crystal clear. All oh, right, just, just like just like uh, Frank Lampard nearly got Derby promoted. Nah, I'm just thinking about <laughs> the times that Chelsea won the league, not nearly. <laughs> Oh, but, but that was when Frank Lampard was a player. You realise that doesn't help. That doesn't matter. <laughs> and actually, right. was probably being coached by Brendan Rodgers for some of that time. <laughs> I said, bringing it back full circle, actually, to uh, sort of Chelsea and Frank Lampard is um, a stat that I saw earlier regarding Frank Lampard. Stat number uh, three, the... Chris. Stat number three. <laughs> I think it's out of the was it forty eight out of the forty eight Super Cup games that ever have taken place. Only two of them have resulted in a penalty shootout. Uh, Frank Lampard has lost both. <laughs> one as a player and one as a manager. One was against Bayern, wasn't it? That was the one where Lukaku yeah. missed yes, and then, then we sold. never saw him again. Yeah, Jose really screwed the pooch on that one. When was that? 2013? Oh, when maybe? Benitez won you the Europa League and then you 
Yeah. Yeah, then we ditched him off. Yeah. No, Where have uh, I seen that no, play no, no, before? No, 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 wait, no, 2013, that would have been after we won the champion. No, Champions you can't League. play Bayern, you beat Bayern in the Champions League. You can't have... Bayern beat Should Dortmund you... in that Champions League final. And you beat oh, Benfica. Because the... we lost, yeah, we lost the Super Cup. Oh, that one wasn't by penalties, we just got beaten. Uh, yeah, let's forget, let's not talk about that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eh, don't worry about it, it's fine. But yeah, I thought that was an interesting stat. So, so Lawrence has gone for a 2-1, 2-1 win for... For um, bottom of oh, second from bottom from the table, Chelsea. Yes, sorry, bottom. Yes. Second from bottom of the table, Chelsea. Um, Leicester maybe uh, slightly disappointing in twelfth. Didn't look that great against. Well, well, that was a bit of a nothing game, right? Two, yeah, two, look- two teams with equally matched ambition who just achieved nothing. Um, and, and Wolves played in Europe two two days beforehand and had a six and a half thousand. Flight home from Armenia. Brilliant. Premier League again. Yeah, welcome back. I mean, Wolves are playing in, in Europe tonight as well, so... Yeah, they I mean, are... Must be at home, right? They're 4-0 up. Yeah. They were 4-0 yeah. up on aggregate. I don't know what the score is now. 4-0, 8-0 up on aggregate. Because it's, it's hard to care about the Europa League, never mind <laughs> the qualifying rounds. Right. I mean, no, you don't. People don't really even care about the Europa League when it's on, anyway. People don't um, care about the Europa League when a manager wins it, Ryan. So exactly, because <laughs> you just bin him off. Don't you? <laughs> we, just, we just sack him off all the time. Yeah. <laughs> just one after the other. If Frank Lampard wins the Europa League and gets fired, <laughs> it's going to be the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about that when we, when we get knocked. When we get knocked out, get knocked. Okay. Finish third in the champion in the group in the Champions League. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> But we'll get to the final. I'll be sitting there praying. Please Just don't pl- lose, 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 please. Um, I reckon Leicester are going to win this game. I'm going to go for a two, a three-one victory for Leicester. Oof. Jamie Vardy hat trick. Jesus Christ, that's bold. Yeah, bold and incredibly wrong. Well. <laughs> Kurt Zuma really doesn't want to play for Chelsea anymore, so he's really he's just going to throw it all. No, I tell you what, he actually had a really good game uh, last night. Actually, all things considered, he actually kept Salah quiet for the majority of the night. Okay, so, so Ryan said second. nothing could go wrong. I've gone for a free free one victory for <laughs> for Leicester. Where, where, where are you putting your money, Scott? I'm going to go for. I'm going to sit on the fence and pick splinters out my backside and go one all. Okay. Oh, no, that's even worse. It's literally a point better off than what I'm yeah. suggesting. Because yeah. what I'm suggesting sounds like bottom of the table material. Yeah, I don't really know what to do now. <laughs> but, uh, we'll, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Nothing could possibly go wrong. Yeah, exactly. So, and uh, as we mentioned, Wolves finishing off this weekend, well, not even the weekend, th- this uh, round of Premier League games on Monday, my birthday. In case anyone's uh, just hit, just saying, nice, one, nice. one day shipping with Amazon. Just, well, yeah, just realised I'm not putting my address on the internet. So no. I was going to say because you, yeah. you might have like Liverpool memorabilia you're going to get. <laughs> I live near a charity shop. It's fine. <laughs> um, so it's um, Wolves host Man United. Um, Man United must be. Feeling high, second in the table with a four-nil victory over over Chelsea, and Wolves must be like twelfth. Feels about right. I think this is going to be thirteenth. Uh, so close, 
Same as last season. I think Wolves are going to come in and win it. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I don't want to sound like the broken record, but I think, yes, United won 4 now against Chelsea. Did they do much more than score the... the, the score four goals. goals. They scored four goals, and I don't want to be that, that guy that says they don't deserve to win because that's not how it works. Um, but you know, Chelsea did, did play well in that game, and I think Man United have got to be a little bit careful because Wolves are a very, very good side, especially against the top six from what we saw last season. Are you trying to um, say that Man United weren't four 0 good? I, I don't think they were. I think it's because you want to say that, that Chelsea weren't four 0 bad, right? Yeah, which I think is is a little bit fair. But either way, I think Manchester United, you know. I don't think I think Solskjaer would be smart enough not to go in, not to go in and go. Yeah, you know that four 0 is going to be a really testament to our season and, and how we're going to progress. I think he's going to be very very aware that Wolves will be a very difficult game away from home, and almost say, yeah, okay, you did win four 0 but let's just be a little bit realistic. That's was the result a little bit flattering? Yes. Right. So, just an interesting stat line. Looking at, I'm just looking at Wolves' performance tonight. So Wolves are currently four. Well, they won. So the game's finished now. Actually, they won the game four nil. They were already four nil up on aggregate, so they won eight nil. At the point that they were seven nil up on aggregate, for some reason they bought on Jota and Jimenez. <laughs> and Jota scored. Yeah, but I feel like they probably could have done without them having those twenty minutes yeah. of their legs. As I say, is it is it what is it just getting them up to full match fitness and sharpness? I don't know, but. I don't know how much of pre-season they played either, really. Or was that probably his plan just to get a, a few minutes in the, in the legs before Monday? Yeah, and I think, perhaps, you know, Monday is, a, it, Monday is a while, like, you know, it's not like they, they have got at least a couple of days to to recover anyway, so it shouldn't make too much of a difference. It's the same as playing, you know, Champions League game on a Wednesday night and playing on Saturday, I guess. So. It is, right, but we can, so I think that the thing that gets missed with teams in Europa League games, but I suppose suppose teams have to play twice a week. But when you're in the top four, top six, you're you should be used to that. That should be built mm. into the sort of almost built into the DNA of your club. Yeah, yeah. Um, Wolves have they haven't put out a strong team in this game because why would you when you're full up at home? Um, but they haven't spent all week training for this game for the focus of training for the last four days or so, whatever it's been, hasn't been on Manchester United. Then they're probably, not, even if they get most of the first team back in training tomorrow, are they going to be tra- focusing on Man United? Then, then start maybe focusing on Manchester United. You're, you're already giving them an advantage straight off the yeah. bat. Yeah, I, yeah mean, I think tiredness will, be a, will play a factor. Well, just prepare, and, and sort of a and level of and preparedness, preparedness, yeah, for the you know set pieces and how you're going to play, you know, whether you're going to change your style or whatever. Uh, so that's definitely going to be, it's it's one of those things that I think Wolves are more than capable of winning that game uh, and putting Man United to the sword. And I'd love to see it anyway, just because it would make me feel a little bit better after last week. That's so. I'm starting to see a lot of a lot of your sort of thought process about why. <laughs> <laughs> um, to make you feel happy, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was generally quite impressed with Manchester United on uh, last week, and I think that they've got something about them, and they've kind of they've still got obviously they've still got Pogba, but they. I think that there's um, 
a shift away from everything being all all flash and ego, and there's a bit of a, I think it looks like Shojo's managed to install a bit of uh, a team ethos into into the group, um, and I think you can see that with I think the way that the team sort of rallied round um, Daniel James when he scored his goal. You could the, you could see that it that was they were everyone was putting team first on the. It's clearly something that's been drilled into them. Those those huddles after they scored seemed very management training exercise. Yeah, so Solskjaer's so definitely said, and I think he's even talked about it, is that you know, you've got to want to play for Manchester United and, and live the Manchester United lifestyle almost and, and be that that together group. Because uh, obviously that he was sort of part of that anyway. And I think that's definitely something. And it's by the type of players they're signing as well, sort of younger players that are going to appreciate the shirt more as well. It's all about wanting to be a Manchester United player. So I think that's definitely made a big improvement to them. I think my worry is, I think a little bit of how they went last season. If results do start turning a little bit, I think Solskjaer had that issue last season when he got the, the job permanently that they decided being really mediocre. Well, they went into a tailspin, right? Yeah, and I think that there is always that risk with United, and that's not just the Solskjaer thing. That's that's been for the last few managers, you know. That I think a couple of bad results uh, in, in a row, and I think that the tailspin could could open up. And with that looming, Pochettino, whether he's ever going to go to United or not, he's always going to loom over that over Manchester United. I think over whether it's this season or next. Uh, so I think that's why they've got to be really careful and make sure they. I think you're right. Um, I think that maybe those things aren't are less of an issue. Maybe in August, maybe in January, February time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I think I mentioned it on the the preview pod that I was on, but I'm not that high on Wolves this season. Um, I think that they were uh, were a team last season who were happy not to have the ball. They wanted to play sort of reactive football. They were happy to not dominate possession, and generally the any sort of stat tells you that that is not conducive with high performances. I think they were out they were outperforming themselves, and I think there's going to be a, a regression to some sort of mean. I don't think that that mean is a team that's fighting for relegation, but I don't think it's a team that's going to be beat, knocking off top six teams all the time and make people thinking about them finishing in a, a European place. So I think that Man United are going to have too much for them. Do you think that's because they've played so many games so far this season? Because they've got they ha- they actually had to qualify for the Europa League. I'm always surprised that that doesn't work out as a benefit to teams. Mm. Yeah, because I always uh, think that what what's better just treat it as your preseason and what's better than mm, a, tre- a, a competitive pre-season, preseason. Yeah, but it doesn't seem yeah. to work like that, does it? No, teams get burnt out in like February March time with that, which is they, surprising because I guess. You, you would always structure your preseason to have you know a few easy games to be in with just to get your legs, and then you play a you know a bigger team, and then a bigger team just to you know you go to one of these competitions and you play a fairly competitive. The Audi Cup. Yes, you play a few competitive games, <laughs> sort of you know semi-competitive, I guess. But having an actual competitive game shouldn't it shouldn't make that much of a difference. And if anything, it should be. I think Adam, you're right. I think it should be a benefit almost you would expect it to be because you should be more prepared for the season. But I guess whether you're overrunning during those games, I don't know. Because, yeah, when it comes to March time, 
teams often burn out. And those are the teams that are usually playing in Europe when they don't normally play. Yeah. And the management hasn't got, hasn't thought, crap, I need to get depth into the squad. They've just gone, well, I need to improve the team. It's not always the way. Sometimes depth players, you know, are very important. Again, in these qualifying games where you just need to put a side out to see the result through. Because um, he had pretty much a start in 11 a lot last season for Wolves. I think it was something like, uh, was it 11 players played 30 games or something yeah. like that? Now that is not a... European I'm going to trample on your point here, Scott. Carry on. No, I was going to say, it's very Sarri-esque when he was at Napoli. He had like 13 players. Okay, I, I was going to say, that's not something... Chelsea. It doesn't yeah. become conducive to playing twice a week. No. No, exactly, yeah. Mm. Um, and so it, there's a when you add that into a situation, there's a possibility that the whole house of cards uh, wars could fall down. Yeah, it could go horribly wrong. Um, and maybe we could be looking at a team that is in the the bottom third of the Premier League. Um, I think uh, wars. I think wars are the biggest great unknown in the in the league table, where I have the hardest point on. Pinpointing where I think they'll finish, I just think it'll be. A, I, my opinion is a lot lower than most teams, and that's why again, I'm going to put Man United to win this game two nil. Okay, I, I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Wolves to win two one. Two one, a repeat of their their FA Cup performance. Yeah. Yeah, I've got it in front it? of me, right? As well. <laughs> Fine, I'm just going to say yes. Anyway, it's all good. <laughs> didn't they? Didn't Wolves beat Man United in the league last season at home when Ashley Young disgraced himself? Doesn't when sound Ashley, like Ashley Young. As I say, it doesn't sound that often. Mm-hmm. Are you talking you know, about Manchester United club captain Ashley Young? Yes. <laughs> just to throw that out there. <laughs> because it baffles me. Because he's never going to play. <laughs> no. He's not. No. He's essentially turned into. He's essentially turned into just. He may as well be Fred the Red, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Right. Well, that, that brings us. To, what Scott did. What did you go with the performance? I, I'm. The, I'm sorry. The result. Claim, I'm more to claim a Ryan. I think Wolves like to play the top six, and they're against the bigger teams because they know they can break them down. And I just think Wolves will win this one now. One now. Okay. Well, who knows who was right? We'll never find out. It's impossible to tell. <laughs> impossible to tell. Um, have we got any other exciting stories from the world of football that we want to talk about that happened this week before we depart? Sol Campbell leaving Macclesfield. That was a strange one. But you two don't really watch the football league, so it's probably no. But I know about. I know who Sol Campbell yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say what's the football league, but you know, it's yeah. a redundant joke at this point. Yeah, it's just a bit strange, and the timing's a bit awry unless he's got an offer from another club. But he worked miracle calls with Macclesfield when they took over. They were, I think, it was seven points adrift, and they stayed up on the final day of the season. They're really the tips for relegation this season. Um, they won last week against Leighton Orient. I think they won in the cup as well. Just, I think the timing's a bit off. Yeah, I think even if he's been offered another job, you, you sort of wait until that job's complete before you yeah. leave a club. So that's, I guess... Sol Campbell, known head case, does something head casey. 
<laughs> That's the headline. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's, your, there's your headline. Um, also, comments got tell us more about what's going on here with not, not so much the situation, but how long can, are the Football League going to go about suspending games for Berry and Bolton? Was it five now for Berry? Yeah, it's yeah. a bit of a farce now. <sighs> they need to step in and intervene. And yeah, what's going on? Those two clubs have, it's disgusting. Barry did spend against their mean last season. They won promotion, but the players they brought in and paid their wages, they tried to buy the league and it went a bit awry. They did they did go up, but they're paying for it now. And I, It's the same with Bolton. I just feel sorry for the fans and Phil Parkinson at Bolton just said to, is it Leo, is it Leo Bassini? Yeah. Yeah, just tell them just to stay away and yeah, just just feel sorry for the fans. But uh, if you can't put a game, at what point do you have to inte- you have to protect the integrity of your competition, right? Probably about three weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. I mean, when the e- season started, e- even even the Italian FA could sort this sort of stuff out with their licensing <laughs> rules and stuff. Yes. I reckon the Italian FA is better at this than this is. Re- yeah, it's getting yeah. bad, right, guys? What, what what do they do though? I guess is the the question is how do, how do they actually resolve this issue? Um, it's a difficult. From, from I think a long it's, a, term. it's a difficult one, right? You've already caused a bit of a problem because you've got teams who should have played Berry who haven't played Berry. Who? Yeah, your game is going to be all out of whack. Who are going to have games yeah. out, out of whack, right? Yeah, I so um, that's unfair on. Was that well? Berry are obviously an, an obvious disadvantage there, but it also means that the f- f- five teams—I don't know if one of those games that suspended was a cup, cup game. game. But yeah, Sheffield so, Wednesday. Does that mean four of them are a league game, or three of them are league games? Uh, it's yeah. So yeah, three of them have been league games, and one of them was the cup game in well, Sheffield Wednesday. So that's fr- that's three league teams who are going to be at a disadvantage because uh, that means at some point they're going to have to play three times in a week, one more time than every other team yeah. in the league. Having said that, you can't let them play the game until you can be sure that they can fulfil their fixtures because the worst thing you could have is letting them start playing and having to have a team fold midway through the season. Yeah. Because then you're in a then your your competitive balance is well out of whack. Yeah. So I guess I guess the thing is if if you turn around and say, Right, that's it, Barry won't compete in the, the league this season, whatever as a worst case scenario. Does that mean everyone gets the, like a buy? Does everyone? Do you then just say right? Well, those three points aren't available. You, you start. Do you then start messing with the competitive nature of the league? Well, what just, happens to know. and what happens to Berry? Right? Do they yeah. are, are, are they going to go to the wall? Are they going to drop down? Do you just say right? They finish bottom of the league and they're going to be relegated. Do they drop down multiple divisions? Or oh, have to start over again under a different name? Yeah, the the, the sort of the. Uh, and then, and then, if you do that, then how many? I guess you know. Do you just say, well, you know, yeah, one team won't get relegated, but then how do you then handle the rest of the leagues lower below? I think these yeah. are the things that you have to start plugging holes in different things, and it's just every you fix one problem. It's like like whack a mole, right? You fix one aspect of it here, and it, it something else pops, pops up, up over there. there. I do find it strange that you couldn't be in a position where the amount of money in football that the football league can't be. Um, 
funded in a way that they they would be able to the league itself could perhaps like provide bridging loans to be able to to almost complete the season and, and avoid these suspect you know before the season starts going right we're not going to suspend the fixtures because that's just going to make matters worse so what we're going to do is we're going to f- plug the gap for you to finish the season yeah and then you, you know let the chips form up where they may if they then get relegated as a result fine at least you've at least you've kept the, the, the competition integral and then during the off season you can then decide what to do with them afterwards but you know with five games in it's how it's long it's becoming a dire situation they're going to have to make a decision at some yeah, point yeah exactly they, they did um barry did say on the 9th that we say we can confirm that today we received an offer for the sale of Barry Football Club, one that we all at the club believe is a good offer. So hopefully that is the lifeline that they need. Yeah. Well, we, well I think on that cheery note, we're going to, have to get out of here because Chris <laughs> hasn't even been here, and this is this podcast is just going to get way too long and that, <laughs> I can't have that level of abuse either like, there are things I have to avoid here bigger forces are at play um, <laughs> right so obviously Ryan you're here all the time so people probably know but if, where could they get hold of you if they if they hadn't uh, listened to say la- no you weren't on last week's podcast no, no, you probably the, la- the one of last no you weren't on that one either uh, uh, I mean, if, if they want to tweet at me, they can tweet at the Ryan Goodman. The Ryan Goodman, okay. They probably knew that already. And, and Scott, yeah, I'd like they, to think so. Where can they find uh, you? <laughs> at Scott underscore Monroe. Excellent. Right, so, um, and you can get hold of us, what, at, at Man on the Post on Man Twitter? On the post, yeah. Probably at Man on the Post on Instagram, where Chris might post a f- pretty photo. Every. Dr- Every three months. Yeah, Man on the Post on Facebook. Synergy, we've got all the Man on the Posts. Yeah. Um, website, manonthepost.com. Doesn't um, exist anymore. Doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> so no domain for that. So no, yeah, nothing for that. Okay, don't go to the website. Don't go to the website. Uh, was unaware of that. Um, probably just, just, just tweet Ross. He likes the attention, right? Yeah, he loves the attention. If, any, if I know something about Ross, he loves... He loves sort tweet. of just unnecessary tweets. Yeah, just like he'd love to just... Don't even tell him why you're tweeting him. Just just put a just weird hashtag, him. something like that. Like <laughs> Pablo Hernandez is God. He'll reply back. No, he'll enjoy that. that. He'll enjoy yeah. that. Mm. Yeah. What would annoy him? I don't know. I'll, I'll work on that one. He listens to this. I'm going to get in trouble. Something, uh, something Frank Lampard based. Yeah, just, just maybe just tell him about how you think that. Tell him how much Frank Lampard's going to win. How he's probably going to win on Sunday because he knows the club well, Ryan. Right. Something like, something yeah. like that. Yeah, he loves that. Yeah, he does love that. Anyway, right. So we'll be back out of here. Um, do all those things. Give us a five star review. But most importantly, always remember to have your man on the post. Mm-hmm.